your ads are the signpost in the right areas, targeting the right people, driving people to your shop window. And your organic content, that's your shop window. So that makes people think, yeah, I made the right decision coming here. I want to speak to someone. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. It's Joel and Andy talking about the seven and a half things most businesses get wrong with their Facebook. Andy, we're both battling colds like true heroes. Do you remember the old days when a cold only lasts one or two days? Is that a thing? Because I thought that was the case. Everyone seems to be ill for a long time. Yeah, my December cold was like all of December. My January one. Yeah, all of January. Mad, isn't it? But we're still here. Yeah. Battling on. Yeah, we're like real heroes. So, not only are we heroes in the face of a mild cold, um, we're pretty good with Facebook as well. Yes, and... As luck would have it, we've got a booklet called The Seven and a Half Things Most Businesses Get Wrong With Their Facebook. Um, so a lot of people have requested it, but I thought it might be good to go through these seven and a half points, uh, give people some feedbacks if they're um, spending a lot of time on Facebook but not seeing the return. This one's definitely a podcast for you. Okay. And I guess for clarity's sake, what kind of return should you expect from Facebook? Shitloads. <laughs> um, if people, I, I think a lot of people spend... A lot. A number of business owners spend a lot of time on Facebook and other social media platforms, primarily because they're free. So, you know, fill your boots to a certain extent. But when you sit down with them, say, having a strategy session, you're like, okay, so you spend, what, roughly two hours a day on Facebook promoting your business. How many inquiries does it generate for you? And how many of those inquiries are good, as in you convert them into into customers? Generally speaking, they go blank. They don't know because most of them aren't using Facebook ads. I guess we'll come on to this. Um, they're just using organic Facebook, organic social media. And just because it's free, that's great. But if you're spending two hours a day on that and you're not even sure what it's doing for your business, I can pretty much guarantee there's something better you can do with that two hours a day, like washing yeah. your hair. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Because like, a lot of our organic is very much there as the shop window or for reassurance. So someone's seen an ad or whatever, and then they come and look at our organic. Oh, yeah, they're the real deal. They're social proof. There's education, entertainment, inform, information, yada, yada. But we see so many people who just like either sell, 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 or just talk about themselves. Yeah, the sell, sell, sell one's a big one. Buy my shit, buy my shit. That's why the same people who say email marketing doesn't work, and then you read their emails, their emails say, buy my shit, buy my shit. There's no engagement. There's no, there's no, yeah, there's no value. Uh, there's no relevance. I mean, often, you know, with social media, you're just shouting at people in the dark. Most of the people who do see your content probably aren't going to buy for you in a million years. You know, okay, I've got, I've got 20 likes on my last post. Yeah, but like one was your nan, one was your mum, one was your uncle, two were your best friends who just always like your stuff. And as we're all, always saying, likes don't put food on the table. Yeah. They're just vanity metrics. Um, but I would say, as luck would have it, number one in our list is, is a is a big uh, crime we see. People focus on lots of social media platforms. They're here, they're everywhere. LinkedIn, Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter. TikTok. TikTok, Snapchat, LinkedIn. Have I said that? Yeah. I can't remember. What else is there? I don't know. It's What's like... that new one now? Oh, don't make me feel old. I'm thinking Norse God. I saw someone talk about LinkedIn the other day. Clubhouse, you got that? I mean, that's has that died a death? Or is that still know, going? A few, few very big names still. Getting club. Discord's massive now, isn't it? Yeah. It's not it's not social media, it's different. It's like almost a bit like old school chat rooms, Discord. 
Maddie uses uh, that for uh, Roblox, mate. Yeah, it? yeah. So vFriends is run on Discord. But do you remember in the old days, go networking, people give their business card and it had every social media under the sun on. And I think some people still, you know, because, well, what if my customer isn't on Facebook, so I better be on LinkedIn as well. But what if if my best customer's on Twitter, so I better be there as well. And before you know it, eight, two hours a day you're spending on social media. It's fucking all day on social yeah, media. Yeah, absolutely. I think do one or two platforms well, rather than trying to have a presence everywhere. And like, what annoys me, and I see people, like, it's completely acceptable across Instagram and Facebook, and the reason I say that is because they're the same platform. But when someone posts the same post at the same time across all seven of their platforms? I see some big people doing that. It's weird, right? It's a strange thing. Is that us? Because we go, right, because I, I tend to do my social media in chunks. So I'll look at Facebook, I'll look at Instagram, and I'll look at LinkedIn, and then maybe TikTok. So is that us? Because we're looking at, say, four platforms at the same time, we, we see that someone's just posted across all at the same time. Or will other people be realising as well? I think you're missing an opportunity to reinforce your message because people are very cross-platform now. So naturally, people are very often on Facebook and LinkedIn at the same time if they're on desktop or if they're on their phone, they're on all of them. And if they're a big fan of yours, you're missing the opportunity to reinforce your message with a different part of your story. Mm. That would be my marketing so have, take. So you reckon one or two platforms do them well? Yeah, I think so. Is there any generalisation you can say for, say, B2B and B2C, or it really does depend on... B2C is about going where the money is, 100%, because you've got a higher chance of making sales as a B2C business through organic social. So there are some very, very successful B2C TikTok accounts mm -hmm. and some very, very successful B2C Instagram accounts. B2B, depending on your price point, is very much going to be about no like and trust, so you need to go where potential clients are, but don't expect an immediate return. It's not safe. Mm. That's hard, isn't it? We see that in a lot of um, a lot of businesses and outside of social media as well, that people want the quick win or their business is up shit creek. Fuck, I better advertise. And they just spend money here, there, everywhere. And of course there are quick wins. Sometimes, you know, we can launch a Facebook ad campaign for a client and they win business like within 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. But that's not, always the case and i think you know a lot of business owners they go from well i guess the, the phrase is feast of famine peaks and troughs in the business and part of our job is to make things more consistent because people say that cash is king well i think that's wrong cash flow is king and if you can do stuff to like make the cash flow mo more consistent through the marketing then you don't get so much those peaks and troughs that's what hormozy says so alex hormozy, he probably took it from me he, he was uh he was ads only so bit like us, very, very ad-heavy, very, very, everything's led with ads. And then he, he's talking to his mentors about how do you go from a million-dollar mentality to a billion-dollar mentality. And they was like, you stop worrying about income and you start worrying about positioning. Okay. And so then his organic became really important, not to generate sales, but to position himself effectively in the marketplace because if someone was checking him out for a speaking opportunity, or a publisher was checking him out for his book, organic starts to play. A so that's what you refers to about what you said earlier about organic is your shop window. Yeah. It's got to impress. Uh, yeah, I'm positioning you correctly. If your organic is, what pizza do you like? Hawaiian or farmhouse? And you're, I don't know, a shampoo company. What's a farmhouse pizza? 
have a mushroom, I think. Oh, okay. I could do that. I could do that. Have a pineapple, though. Yeah. Or... Yeah. But the point being, the quality of your organic and the way it positions you impacts your positioning in the marketplace. And you, if you're trying to spread yourself too thin across multiple mm. platforms and you know polls work well on Instagram and short, snappy videos work well on TikTok and then long form works well on LinkedIn, you're just going to spend yeah. your whole day doing yeah. organic. And that's what happens, isn't it? It's like, you know, what I mean... The optimal frequency for Twitter success is still, I think, like 14 times a day. So when you've got people out there, you know, maybe if you're an author or a journalist and you need to make those connections, fine. But, like, who's got time to, like, sort of tweet 14, 15 times a day? Yeah. I'd say you've got bigger things to worry about. But Right, so uh, number two, boring but important, um, something we see happen a lot when we take over someone's Facebook account is um, just out of pure innocence, the business owner has made the world and his wife an admin of their Facebook page. <laughs> The risk. Risky business. The risk is just mad, right? If you're not the main admin, that's a massive risk in the first place. If you've let the office apprentice be in charge of the accounts, it's like, well, it's like giving the website login to your dog and expecting everything to be okay. And we could tell some horror stories, even when it's like, oh, no, it's okay, they're my best mate, or they've worked with me for three years, it's okay. Some of the shit we've seen happen, like, if you've given someone full admin access, one, they can remove you as an admin for your own page and they can do whatever they fucking like. They can post shit about you. They could delete the page. Um, so the basic rule is you as a business owner should be an admin. Everyone else should be like editor level access yeah. below because your business is your livelihood. And no matter how, how lovely someone is or even they're, if they're a family friend, just put your business hat on. Yeah. There we go. Told you. Boring, boring, boring. Right, excellent. Not sure what you can say about that. Here's one, though. Jordan Belfort-like, number three. Some in this pen. <laughs> um, their tonality is off or all over the place. Because obviously he, Mr. Wolf of Wall Street, all about, all about tonality. Um, and Jordan Belfort means tonality on the phone or in person. But obviously tonality on social is important as well. Yeah. How people, how people write. And there's no real consistency. Um, we see this so much where like people are all like there's a real trend at the moment for very spiritual businesses yeah. <laughs> sorry um, and like obviously people have different levels of spirituality and you know I think it's trendy to call it woe at the moment but you can't suddenly start introducing a load of woe into your content and expect to attract very straight talking people because it doesn't it's not compatible mm -hmm. and yet people don't seem to get that equally if you're a very woo business but all of your social is quite formulaic and straight talking you're going to attract the wrong people for your woo business and i just see this all the time people like one minute they're talking about motivation and pushing forward and growth in a quite sort of firm and motivated tone and then the next minute they're talking about i just need to take some time for me and and have a gong bath and pull these cards and decide on my on my fate and it, so the two the two things don't matter now there is a balance mm. there's plenty of there's plenty of entrepreneurs out there that are pretty woo who do a really good job of saying like oh you know i, I trusted my intuition and i made this decision 
And I, I can't. I respect that. I don't know where I how I feel about it, but I respect it. But you can't just pivot on your tonality to suit your mood. It is confusing for the viewers. Consistency. Yeah. That's 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 what you need. Consistency leads to reinsure, reassurance, trust, and then of course, you you like to attract the people most likely to buy off you, um, because. If there's any kind of inconsistency, that will lead to confusion, which means indecision. Yeah, and that means people won't buy. And it's really, it's really interesting. So I'm in, in a WhatsApp group um, where I asked, "What's an acceptable amount of money to lose in Vegas?" And um, and I wanted to know people's money habits and their risk reward and uh, what how much they value experiences. And and the reason this is linked to social media is I then took the same post and put it on my Instagram stories to see what people said because it was just fascinating how people reacted. They were like assumed there was like a hidden meaning to the question. They thought I was fishing the winding people up. Oh, right. And I was like, you obviously haven't consumed much of my content because I'm pretty straight talking in general. Some people sound too direct. Like food. <laughs> I'm not I'm not trying to trick you, but it was just really interesting how because people aren't seeing consistency of message in so many places, their reaction to the question was like, oh, there must be more to this. Interesting. Interesting. What else can we say about consistency? Is consistency is consistency the same as persistence? No, it's different, isn't no. it? Consistence Cons- is doing the same thing over, over again. Persisting is keeping it up. Not stop stopping yeah. doing it. Energy and persistence conquer all things. That isn't me, that's Benjamin Franklin. Um, number four, they post too much. This sort of alludes to what we said earlier. If someone's using organic Facebook or organic social media alone, they think, because I'm not paying for advertising, the way I can be more visible is just to post shitloads. The one I see a lot at the moment is when people are in the mood, they just post one after another after another. So they'll not post for weeks and then post seven times in an hour hmm. and wonder why no one sees it. That, that confuses the hell out of me. Or they, uh, on on Facebook, particularly Facebook groups, they use that at everyone, mm-hmm. which you can use once a day. Mm-hmm. But they use it like 10 times and wonder why it's not working. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's a case of um, quantity over quality, isn't it? People are like just posting too much shit. Um, the algorithm will work against them. We've probably got friends like this, you know, that bored housewife or bored house husband that, they just live their life. You you know what they've done today because every hour they're posting on Facebook. The optimal frequency. Less, there's Facebook less of those people there, right? Um, or have I, I just got rid of them? I think you've got rid of them, or the algorithm has. The algorithm. I've got shit down. one on my Facebook that I know everything. I know what's going on with her dog, but it did used to feel like there was five or six people in my world. Here's an idea. They're probably doing it on another platform. Or a block them. Yeah, well, it's good, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and that used to be in person. Yeah, and I already spend a lot of time with you. (laughs) (laughs) It's who do you hang around with online? Because if every time you go onto your LinkedIn and it's full of shit from shit people, time to do some disconnecting. Because, you know, your your social media, like, like we always say here, when you're writing a post, it's got to either empower, educate, or entertain. And that's the same for the people. If, if the people you're connected with online don't do that, mute them or disconnect them, unfriend them or something, because you, uh, 
or spend less time on social media, but certainly one of those. Otherwise, you're not going to feel empowered, educated or entertained. You're just going to feel worse. And before you fucking logged on. Yeah. Oh, deep there. So, yeah, optimal frequency on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram is once a day. But, you know, we're big fans of advertising. So if you're running ads, that's absolutely fine. But you certainly don't need to be posting five or six times a day. Which brings us on to point number five here. They won't or maybe can't afford to pay for Facebook advertising. So I read you a quote here. Oh, what? The lovely Sabri Subi, amazing book, Sell Like Crazy. If you can't pay money to acquire a new customer, then you don't have a business. If you're solely relying on free traffic, referrals, joint ventures, or other channels like these, then you don't have a predictable and dependable way to grow your business. Oh, ouch. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? A lot of people I, don't like that. Nine out of ten businesses, if I ask them what their cost per acquisition is, they couldn't tell me. Really scary. Really scary. Yeah. A lot of people don't know. Um, actually, I was going to say that lifetime value of a customer. I spoke to one yesterday, and it's £81.96. And I was like, fucking hell. And he was, I mean, not being ageist, he was a hell of a lot younger than me. I think he might even be in his teens. And it's like, wow. I low, say, though. I say, yeah, very low. Um, it's not really a repeat kind of business. But I was like, most people I speak to wouldn't have a clue, certainly not to the pence, what an average customer's worth. Of. No. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah, so Facebook advertising. Um, I'd say most people I've spoken to, most business owners, they've tried Facebook ads. And maybe because they don't really know what they're doing, they haven't got the results they want. And they're basing their refusal to do it again on the fact that they spent 20 quid and didn't do anything for them. Yeah, here's a shock. So obviously we run thousands of campaigns, literally. Uh, they don't always work. What? <laughs> and, do you mean investments can sometimes go down? Um, and the trick of being good at what we do is knowing how to pivot and make them work. And so if you're basing your opinion on one or two attempts at running ads, chances I just weren't very good at running ads because it's not... It can't be possible that a multi-billion pound ad platform is successful, but it doesn't work for anyone. I mean, to think you can spend a tenner on boosting a post, and beware, never, ever, 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 ever boost a post. But if you spend 10 quid boosting a post and sit there waiting for the phone to ring, you're probably going to be disappointed. Yeah. I mean, that said, we have got results for clients for 10 quid, but it just doesn't work like that. And then it'd be a real shame if you then made a decision never to do Facebook ads again. Yeah, yeah. I've got another Hormozy story for you. Oh, go on. So when, flavor he, of the month, isn't he? when he was opening his gym, it's because I keep listening to his podcast. Um, when he was opening his gym, he gave out 300 leaflets in the local area. And then he spoke to his mentor, and his mentor said, so what have you done to promote the gym? He said, I've given out 300 leaflets in the local area. He was like, what, in total? And he was like, yeah, he was like, oh, our, our test drop is 15,000. And if that works, we'll do 150,000 a day. And he realized that actually, because of the size of his data and the size of his test, it, it wasn't a valid test. So like you're saying, if you do a 10 quid boost post or even a 10 quid ad campaign built properly, it's not a real, you know, unless you're, basically willing to say look here's a grand and i'm going to give this a proper go mm. and look at the data and even in, in some marketplaces a grant won't be enough well you know it irritates me about bloody shampoo ads 
Wong's haven't got as much hair as I used to have. And you don't feel but, worth it. Um, but it always, you know, says uh, 87% of women agreed that this shampoo made me look beautiful or skin cream or Sample something. Sample of six. I, I watched, I was watching an advert with Emma the other day. 47 people were sampled. I was like, fuck me, that's just not meaningful. Ethical. That's, yeah, 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 it's it's not, not yeah, it's not ethical, certainly not meaningful. And it's just like, fucking hell. And yeah, to, you know, I always talk about the story, but a guy who wanted us to, to fill out his business park, he rented out office on a business park, and he wanted to spend a pound a day for a month. And it was just like, I mean, I thought he was joking at first, but when I laughed and I saw his face, it was like, oh, you, you actually want to fill these units and take thousands of pounds in rent a week by spending seven pounds a week. The maths doesn't stack and he, he couldn't get his head around that. He's like, well, I want to test it first. I say, yeah, I'm not saying go all in and spend a thousand pounds a day, but you need some meaningful budget to get meaningful numbers. So what do you say? What do you say for a, say a local business? So your local business, I don't know, turnover between 250k and half a mil. I think, I think if you're looking to acquire customers with your ads, which ultimately is what a lot of people want, you've got to, you've got to be pretty comfortable with a 300, 400 pound acquisition cost. So to test that, you're talking two or three grand in ad budget to, to know. Which is what some people spend on a double page spread in a local county glossy magazine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've been to bloody networking events that cost more than that type of table ad. So being realistic, if, if, if your monthly turnover is, is 20 grand plus and spending two or three grand on finding out some data for your ad scares you, your priorities are a bit off. So what about if... Um... I oh, know a plumber wants a bit more business in, and he's a lo- local plumber. So, like a hundred k business. Yeah. So his marketing budget should roughly be about ten k, just roughly. Uh, obviously, if you're a plumber, electrician, tradesperson, you're going to say, "Oh, well, most of my marketing is word of mouth." Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. So let's let's take the worst case scenario: your marketing budget's five grand. Then divide that by 12, so you, your monthly budget's roughly 400 quid. You've got to be willing to lose that 400 quid to find out if you could generate calls. And, and, I, and I know if you're a local plumber and you want to generate calls from Facebook ads, you will. With 400 quid, you will. But you've got to be willing to lose that 400 quid to find out. Yeah. And that's, that's the risk of business. Business is a gamble. It's not... It's not always going to be science. The science comes after the gamble. A lot of people seem to want quick wins now. Maybe it just comes out to that instant gratification that, you know, when you can get anything delivered the next day, people want it now. Right, I want the phone to start ringing tomorrow. It's like, well, it doesn't work like that. It can work like that. But generally speaking, I'd say, I'd say quite a few business owners we speak to, they want to talk about digital marketing because the shit's hit the fan. Yeah. And they've realised that, all oh, right, all, all the money I've been pumping into the local paper or radio or whatever doesn't actually work. But now I've run out of money, I'm going to try digital marketing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I've got five quid a day. What can you do for me? It's like, well, fuck all, really. Yeah. It's, you know, even though you do only need to spend a pound a day to run a Facebook ad, what meaningful traction can you get from that? If you, if you walked into any type of advertising company, whether it's outdoor, radio, TV, whatever, and said, well, I've got £30 a month, what can you show me? So well, I'll show you the fucking door. And I think it's that misconception that because it's digital, it must be cheap. 
that whole like what photographers went through it 20 years ago when the digital camera came out everyone went oh i'm not paying five grand for a photographer now because all they have to do is point and click and it's like well no the skill set's still the same mm -hmm. it's just the tool to do it has become more accessible and that's that's the problem with digital ads is everyone thinks they can do it so why should I pay? But if you want them done right, it comes at a cost. And you would say that Facebook obviously encourages that. They, that of course it does. Hence the boost post button. They can literally, they, anyone, all you have to do is press this button and we'll pretty much sort out the rest yeah, and take it, your money. Yeah, it would be the same as Canon, Sony and Nikon turning around and saying, oh, we're only going to sell cameras to photographers. They're not going to do that. Yeah. yeah. So. That's, that's a good analogy. Um, it, it does make me laugh when you see people, like usually mates on Facebook, complaining about how many ads they see. And it's like, it's a free platform. Do you watch stuff on ITV and moan about the ads? That either don't, do you know what, though, don't people use do. That's the thing uh, now, right? And then they'll moan about BBC because they have to pay a license. So when I renewed so like... um, Sky this week, they're trying to push me to get onto Sky Glass, and I was like, well, no point at the moment. I, well, my telly's fine. So a mate in London I went to stay with. Um, he says quite a few of his mates have had bad experiences with Sky Glass. Oh, really? Yeah, like, like really Buffering heavy, and breaking, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So anyway, I didn't. But then they were like, oh, do you, but do you know with Skyglass you can pay extra to skip the ads? And I was like, oh, you know. Like. Really? Yeah. So, but I'm assuming only on Sky channels. Because like, how the hell would the other channels fund themselves? And that's such like a premium version or something? Yeah, yeah. Essentially you pay like 10 quid extra a month and you can skip the ads on Sky channels. That's like... Um... When I worked at Pearl and Dean, one of the biggest challenges we had was like trying to get people into the cinema in time for the ad reel. Whereas we know some people, they just want to turn up and watch a film. Whereas for me, even when I was a kid, part of the whole experience is the, the ads, the trailers, seeing all that. I have noticed now the trailers are interspersed with ads, which yeah. is quite new, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, makes sense. Yeah, I just don't know. If I ran a cinema, Joel, wouldn't let people in after, after you know, if, if, when the ads start, that's it. I can't stand people walking in after the film started. And then oh. the people who can't find the seats always, you know that. Which is weird. Just it's, like, it's alphabetical and numerical. Yeah. It's not that hard. Just like when someone pulls out in front of you in the car, you just know they're going to be a really slow driver. Probably my mum. What the heck? Maybe we're weird, but there is a real joy in the adverts and the trailers, obviously. I bet a lot of people listening to this are going to think, yeah, you, are, weird. you are both weird. Everyone liked the Guinness advert, though, right? But, bum, ba -dum, bum, ba -dum, bum. but it, it, it's the experience. So do I watch a film at the cinema or do I wait literally four weeks now and then I can watch it? So Wakanda forever. Yeah. You know, my kids are massively into Marvel, certainly into Black Panther. And it's like... It's not the same on the telly. Yeah, it's not the same. And, but, you know, it's four weeks and it's free on Disney+. Plus. So to go to the cinema, it's... it's it's a special occasion. It's an experience. Sell the experience. And part of that is is getting your food or your hot dog, your sweets, your drinks, watching the trailer, see what's coming up, see what adverts, see who, I suppose for us, see who's spending money on, on ads. And it just, some people walk in after the film started. And it's like, okay, so you spent all this that's money. That's consumerism, right? It's that whole, like, just like, instant gratification thing of like oh I'll see what's on okay let's do that where like me and you kind of plan it I'm not paying to see ads I'd already sold I'll get sold to everywhere can't go to Facebook without seeing ads it's like again fucking free mate yeah downloading a free app and then moaning about your privacy 
wonder if cinemas are missing a trick. Charge double, have no ads. Nah. Wouldn't be for me, but... I'd love to run it in the edits as well. It'd be bloody hard work, I'm sure, but... Maybe I'll do that next year, Rodney, when I become a millionaire. Run an independent cinema, that'd be fucking awesome. Where, though? Not round here. There's already one. Shit. Oh, you've got the one in the, uh, the square, haven't you? Yeah, I think it's quite nice. Mm. What do you do there, that's, well, uh, that's probably Bernadine. Um, right, one for you here, definitely, Mr Accountant. Number six, people don't look at the statistics. Yeah, noise the hell out of me. Um, I th- you could argue that you should constantly be looking at the data, at what posts resonated, what posts didn't. A really simple way to do it is if, if you quite regularly generating DMs and, and actually have quite a good organic presence on your, on your Facebook, when those people become clients, ask them what, what made you contact me. And if they're like, oh, well, actually, I really liked what you said about this, or I really enjoyed your story, or I saw a clip of one of your podcasts, and then see what the trends are. If you're not looking at the data like that, you're missing a trick. I, c- I completely appreciate it is not attractive to go and look at Facebook Insights every day and look at the percentages and write down all the numbers. But someone in your team should be. If you're if you're a business over 100K, you should be downloading that spreadsheet once a month and having a look at what's working best for you. Most people won't. They'll, they'll be probably... How many likes have a page got now? Yeah. I, I'd say that's, that's common. I mean, we bring the metrics to our monthly meeting. And we go, right, which post resonated the most? Let's do more of that. Um, now, me and you have a bit more of a natural hold on what's going on and what's going to work and what isn't through experience. But we still look at the data. And obviously, if you're paying money, if you're running ads, you definitely need to be looking at the data. Otherwise, you certainly won't get the biggest bang for your buck. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm, as, a, as, as a company, we're, we're just looking at tracking software now. But ultimately, you should be able to see where a lead came from, how many, what their open rate was on your emails in your funnel, what they attended to be a webinar, an event, a web page, whatever it is they did, and at what point they made their purchase decision. And if you can't do that, you can't really uh, know your your acquisition journey, and therefore you don't know what to do more of. So why don't people do this? Just hatred of numbers. Feels technical dislike numbers they'll spend the money on the ads but they're not really trying to extract as much juice they can out of them some of the tracking stuff is very expensive um but there are other solutions out there now but you can also be a bit manual about it like we know where a lead comes from because most of our leads come from one of two or three sources and we can tag that lead to know where it came from we can certainly manually check the open rate on that person and then we certainly know when that person shows up to a webinar or buys from us. So if you're like a, particularly if you're like a low volume business like us, you haven't really got an excuse. Every time someone buys from you, you should probably see where they came from. Well, that old quote from the 1800s, I know half my advertising works. I just don't know which half. There's no excuse shit now really with digital ads. No. To know where your business is coming from. Like press and stuff, you know, Press could probably tell you roughly how many people, I don't know, say a monthly glossy magazine, how many people buy it or how many how many get delivered in the local area. But apart from that, 
you don't really know what's going on. Um, obviously, there are ways that you can design your ad to, yeah. to make them as chuckable as you can, whether it's QR codes or whatever. But I guess it's just paying for brand awareness where, yep, of course, you can use digital ads to pay for brand awareness. But ultimately, you want those leads coming in, quali- yeah. targeted leads, qualified leads, not just leads from any old shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, number seven. Uh, I suppose we talked about this, but they don't research good content. They post crap. Yeah. It, you've got to have structure. And you've got to know what resonates with people, what creates empathy, so a feeling of understanding, building rocks of a relationship. What social proof, what's going to actually show people you know what you're doing, um, what's going to entertain people, what's going to intrigue people, what's going to engage people. And then once you've got all of that, who are the right people? Because then you need to tweak it for them. There's no point doing a poll and loads of people answering it and then when you look at the people that answered they're the sort of people that would never buy from you it's, and that's tricky I mean so what would you say are some of the some of the biggies when it comes to like posting weak content is it simply a lack of variety it's just like all they do is um, so something we train our staff on more you than, than me is, is like the we FM what's in it for me so if you post your story which everyone should be able to tell their story. But if the story is very self-centered, self-absorbed, you're missing an opportunity. So I I can tell a a story that's heart-wrenching. Like, I could chuck a story out right now. But if I'm doing it for sympathy rather than to build empathy with my audience, I'm missing a massive opportunity. Whereas if I'm like, uh, you... COVID was probably terrible for your business, as it was for 90% of businesses. And you may or may not know that I sold my house during COVID to help pay the bills. Now, I'm not saying this because I want your sympathy. I'm saying it because that was the risk I was willing to take to help build our business. If you'd like to work with someone who Mm. has that mentality, drop me a message. It's very different to... COVID was shit for everyone, but did you know I actually have to sell my house? End of mm. content. And I see people do this all the time, like, oh, business is hard right now. Uh, all my investments have plummeted, and it looks like we're on the verge of recession. DM me for more info on financial planning. And it's like, what? Where, like, you need to... You need to really show people what's in it for them. Why mm. Why should they listen to you? So if it, I don't know, that example I just used there, business is tough for everybody right now. Investments are plummeting. But what I do know is I have the tools to help you. And through my own experiences and the mistakes I've made, I can help you avoid them. DM me for more info. Same story, much more powerful. And you, I guess you've just got to know this stuff, haven't you? Because otherwise, most people intrinsically we're selfish. We yeah. love nothing better than thinking about ourselves and talking about ourselves. And we've been to professional business masterminds, people who've been in the game a long time. Just talk who, about themselves. Yeah, and they don't ask any questions. And we're all, we like asking powerful questions. But you want a bit, of, a bit of give and take, and you think, shit, this guy's just talked to me for like you, You're playing the dating minutes. game. You're ultimately playing the dating game on a massive scale. And if you, if you want to get into bed with someone, 
guess what? You'll show more interest in them than you do in yourself. I wonder if people are having like first dates now, and, and their date is just just talks at them about themselves. But that goes on, doesn't it? It's, it's, people it, just don't even know. They don't even realise it. It'd be doing really it. interesting, wouldn't it? Like, I, I absolutely definitely do not want to be single. Oh, I've got a lovely wife. Back on the dating but you could literally there. go on Chat GPT right now and say, "Give me five powerful questions to ask on a first date." Learn them off by heart. If you go to a business network, you think, guess what? You could do the same. Give me five powerful questions. And then it's that, like, you should take the same <coughs> approach to your social media. If you're just a town crier announcing mm. things all the time, you're just going to annoy everyone. Yeah, look at your socials. Even look at your website. Chances are you'll probably see lots of occasions where you're just going, me, 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 me. I do this. I did that. I started here. I started. And know you. Yeah. Nothing about, like you say, we FM, what's in it for you. Nothing that makes obvious what's in it for the reader. And it's got to be obvious. And a lot of what you've written in social media or anywhere online can quite quickly be reframed to make it more about the customer yeah. than about you. Because, again, they, they fucking don't care. As well as they don't even care about your sob story unless they can see what's in it for you. So what's the solution? What's the lesson you learned from your, the, the knock you had, the setback you had, that you could share with people to help them if they're in the situation or to help them avoid that situation in the first place, then you're talking. Yeah, yeah. In in a live speaking sort of realms, it's called the roller coaster technique. So you start low, whatever your problem was, you build up to how you solved it, how you thought you'd nearly cracked it, and then you drop off a cliff and then you show how you built back up again. And then to finish the story, you say how that's applicable to the person reading the story and how that can benefit them and how you hope it helps millions of people. And yet, most people's social media doesn't get past the first up. Mm. And you don't get many chances to make a first impression, if any, you know, the algorithms are playing against you anyway. But a lot of it does boil down to, of course, yeah, knowing what and when to post about. But to invest in improving your, your digital advertising knowledge, because you get the two right, you, your ads are the signpost in the right areas, targeting the right people, driving people to your shop window, and your organic content, that's your shop window. So that makes people think, yeah, I made the right decision coming here. I want to speak to someone. And then you're laughing, because if you've got one without the other, you just haven't got that balance, Yeah, daniel Sam. Nice. So that's your seven points, everyone. How'd you um, get the seven and a half? Uh, how'd you get the seven and a half? Well, as luck would have it, I'm holding here in my hand a glossy printed... A4 version of the seven and a half things most businesses get wrong with their Facebook. Uh, Oh, is it a mat? Oh, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, sorry, I haven't got the glasses on. Um, And all you have to do, just drop an email to hello at codebreak.co.uk and one of the guys will send you a link where you can go and purchase. I think it's on for the ridiculously discounted fee of $4.99. Fucking hell, should put that up. Why? Nice chat, Andy. Good to see you. Thanks for listening to the Stay Hungry podcast and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Now, if you're looking to sort your marketing out, visit fixmymarketing.co.uk and get in touch today.